GothicMedia.com presents Consumption with hosts P.G. Holyfield, Chooch, Viv, and Christiana Ellis. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of SpecificMedia.com presents Consumption. This is episode 15 for December 11th, 2013. I am joined by my full cast of characters here. Miss Christiana Ellis, how are you this evening? A little bit under the weather, but happy to be here. Well, I'm happy. That's what you get for going to Reno. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? The greatest little city on earth? or biggest, Well, the biggest little city biggest on earth, which city. by yeah, so. logic means that it's still smaller than the smallest medium city. <laughs> Chooch, how are you this evening? We're trying to figure out the logic of that one. (laughs) I won't repeat that. I am doing fabulous. Thank you very much. Awesome. And Miss Vivid Muse, how are you? I am doing fine. Thank you very much. How are you, PG? I am well. Thank you. Healthy. Uh, Decided to take it easy. Do another another bed cast tonight with with my... (laughs) orangutan and uh I was gonna say it almost looks like it's sitting on your shoulder but then you moved and it doesn't anymore <laughs> other way yeah but uh yeah oh, no guests tonight off. we are you know gonna just sit back have a, probably a shorter show not not too much new and exciting stuff some tv to talk about some uh, things that we didn't get to talk about last week. I know Chooch had some items that we didn't get to, so we'll spread it around and uh, and talk about the, the media we are consuming. How about Chooch? What have you been? What did you see this past week or we actually, read or play? Have we you? had a bunch of uh, television shows that yeah. we had never seen before. Oh. We just had this sudden rush. Uh, First one that comes to mind is Continuum. I watched the first episode of that uh, probably two or three months ago, whatever it was on. I guess it was on Netflix. And then uh, I I love the the girl in that. What's her name? I can't remember her name now. Uh, I can't remember anybody's name on that show. (laughs) uh, It's a girl that she, she was in on the show called the inside on Fox it was Tim mini show right after uh, firefly. And I loved it and it got canceled mm. on the first season um, sort of F- FBI show. And she was a, she had been kidnapped during her youth or something and like survived. Mm-hmm. And for some reason she had this ability can, to connect with, you know, serial murderers and stuff. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't get why, but, um, because Nichols it's a, it's a crime thriller formula. I think that's why. <laughs> yeah. The lead yeah. is Rachel Silence Nichols. Lambs, you know. she, Rachel, that's it. Yes. But the uh, character's anyway, name so is can, Kira. Kiera mm-hmm. or something like Kira. that, right? So it is a time travel fish out of water show, is it not? Exactly. Or Continuum. Viv called it while we had started watching it. She said, oh, it's, so it's... Uh, Sleepy Hollow in reverse. 
<laughs> yes, I was just about to say that. Great, though. <laughs> I do like it, though. Mary Alice, um, M-A-N-P-A, actually recommended it. It was on the, one of the, the – she gave me a list of ones that I have to watch, and that was – she kept mm. putting that one up at the top of it. Please don't ask me what the other one is because I, I have it written down, but I don't remember. That's why I wrote it down. Cause well, I I, yeah, I've heard good things about Continuum, but I haven't seen any of it. I'm liking there's, it so far. There's two seasons that have aired. It looks like season three comes back in April 2014. It's Canadian, is that right? It's, or no? It's filmed in Canada, but I mean, it's a... Everything's filmed. Every TV show's filmed Yeah, it's a, definitely well, a sci-fi but, produced... You know, show. Canada has this whole thing where, like, some percentage of their aired shows have to, like, be, like, about Canada. Gotcha. And I oh, thought yeah. that Present I remember hearing Vancouver. that this was one of them as in set, as in not just filmed there, but also actually set uh, there. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess that means that he is. from 2077 is finds herself trapped in present-day Vancouver. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Searching for ruthless criminals from the future. But, yeah, it's really yeah, good. I think gets... we watched three or four episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's a reach. It's like a quadruple reach to get to the logic that gets her as hep to what's going on in the present day as as she is, but I still like it. <laughs> it's it's um I you know, I like it. I like the kid that's in it with her, the I don't remember the kid's name. The in the inventor guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I, I like him, although I'm kind of watching him, too, because, you know, that would be pretty, pretty te- testing kind of stuff to see if you would use information for good or for bad, mm-hmm. you know, to make more money or to do more good for the world, you know. So I think it's going to be interesting to see it. Well, Continue. you know, all, all the cool shows have morally ambiguous protagonists. These days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. And I'm not really not criticizing. So I'm ambiguous. just. They do. No, no, no. It's something. What, baby? I said, and some not so ambiguous. Oh, uh, yeah. The kid in it, the actor, Hi, Eric Luna. Knudsen, yeah. who we saw did in Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> who did he play in? Shut up, PG. Who did he play in? In who did he play in Scott Pilgrim? Huge. He was the. Um, he was in a band. Oh, I forget his name now. The was Crash in, and the Boys. Crash and the Boys. He was, he was Crash. Oh, was Crash. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Crash nice. and those boys. Crash and the Boys. They have a girl drummer. This is why I podcast with you guys, because you're awesome. <laughs> He's very good in it, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's got a lot of cool tech in it, because she's from the future, and some of her stuff works, and some of it doesn't. And... um. Looks so far, you know, some really interesting stories. And then yeah, talk it, about oh, it, is, uh, it is mighty convenient to have in the the first episode when she goes back in time, she runs into the the guy that invented a lot of the tech or something that that, right. that <laughs> as as a youngster or what have you. So yeah, it's like, okay. And he's already started working on it, and it's already online. And yeah. I don't really um, think that's a spoiler because that's all stuff you learn in like the first half yeah, hour. This but. is an encrypted yeah. frequency with. Unreleased it's, tech. Like I said, Why it's a quadruple reach. Why are you listening to Yeah. <laughs> but it's still fun so far. But she is good looking. That doesn't this is hurt. very true. The girl drummer? <laughs> no. She was 
Allison Pill. What? Are we talking oh, about? that was that little girl. She was so funny. <laughs> oh my god! Remember the outtake of her chooch? Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Sorry, <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, I, that was me. <laughs> um, I wonder if my you, speakers are turned off. Do you guys? Um, oh God, what was I just going to say before I was distracted by this message? Um, oh, how are you watching it? Is it on Netflix or Netflix? Yes, Netflix. Okay. First two seasons. It is. It is definitely worth giving a try. I, I meant to always go back to it, and I haven't. But she also um, plays the the green. I think she was green. Green uh, alien in the new Star Trek movies. Hmm. The the lovely lady that Kirk is is with. Oh yeah. Um, so. this is just an out of nowhere thing, but on TV right now, muted. Um, happens to be the episode of the Six Million Dollar Man where he teams up with Bigfoot. Yes, that is the best episode and played awesome. very well in in Archer. In yeah. Archer, they have the throwback oh, yeah. to that. Well, they also in uh, Venture Brothers. No, that's what I was thinking. As Venture Brothers, that's what I was thinking. I was going to say, I was not remembering what what it was in Archer, but. No, yeah, it was Venture Brothers, yeah. (laughs) My favorite ever was this sentient super tank thing that had the the little (laughs) car of it, and it had pinchers and (laughs) a bolo thing. I never really watched this show when it was new. I just happened to be flipping channels, and I saw that it was uh, like. Six million dollar man, Bigfoot. <laughs> yes, I remember the one of the formative memories of my youth and something that would never happen today. I remember that the that uh six million dollar man would come on. It was like on Sunday nights and they had like a football game on, NFL game on, and like the Wizard of Oz was on and like we only had two TVs in the house with only <laughs> what three channels, and so I could not watch Six Million Dollar Man because of what else the other stuff that was on TV, and it wow. it ruined my 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 whole week. Oh year. no! Trials and tribulations, man. It's a sad yeah. story. Child, child in the seventies. People bitch about only having four tuners in their DVR. <laughs> <laughs> I can only record two uh, shows. I can't at the believe same some time. of those commercials where they're like, "We have." You know, first DVR with 16 tuners. I'm like, well, yeah, I always, I, I've just kind of always felt like, I mean, there's only been like Sunday nights at 9 p.m. is the only time all week that I've ever needed to record more than two things at once. And even in those occasions, all I had to do was just take the third show and get the second airing of whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like when, Oh no, Boardwalk Empire and Homeland and Walking Dead are all on at the same time. Yeah. Our first world problems. Yeah. You know, the I read an article like the first DVR, quote unquote, was Hugh Hefner, who, uh, you know, he's been rich forever. Wow. But he had a bank of like 20 something VCRs. And he had this guy whose job it was to schedule his favorite shows <laughs> and he would switch it to whichever one Hugh wanted to watch at any time in day or night. Nice. Manual DVR. Um, so you were, t- <laughs> Christiana was talking about morally ambiguous characters <laughs> and one that's not so ambiguous. We've been started watching the Vikings. Oh yeah. Or I guess it's just called Vikings. 
on like History Two Channel or yeah. something. I wouldn't have thought you'd be interested in that, Chish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Funny it took this long. So I remember seeing. Oh, your your little your you actually your have helmet. your little p- profile picture there with the helmet oh, on. No. <laughs> Turn off my camera. Wah wah. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> Poor me. Wow, that's awesome. We borrowed uh, the first season DVD from some friends, and we're three or four episodes into that. And and as goes with the territory, they're nasty motherfuckers, man. <laughs> they are brutal. <laughs> they are conquerors, conquering, conquering. Wow, yeah. it's definitely interesting, though. It's it's hard to justify cheering for this hero when they're you know Vikings and but uh, really great acting and really interesting plot and lots of surprises. Um, it's also there's a lot of things there's a lot of Game of Thrones sim- similarities. Hmm. Um, I don't know something about the tone of it and the themes and there's certain plot things points that are very much Game of Thrones or some some of the political struggles and. Well, I know when I saw the commercial. It was like, oh, okay, so it's time for the the round of Game of Thrones copycats now. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, what's the show that Mark Addy is on now? I forget. We've been watching Atlantis. That's Atlantis. Oh, yeah, that's one of those, Christiana. Have you been watching? Has anybody else been want, watching Atlantis? No. no, I I saw the uh, commercials for it, you know, during the uh, the Doctor Who fiftieth, but uh, I didn't I didn't pick it up. I'm I'm kind of already watching more TV shows than I want to watch, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, right Which, but you know, at the same time, like I've also just started to rewatch the Doctor Who, you know, with the Eccleston series. Um, I'm doing that partly Yay. though, just because I have another friend who had seen some classic Who when she was a kid, but hasn't watched any of the new series. Mm. So we're kind of rewatching that together, cool. but we're actually still just very early in that process only done the first two episodes of the Eccleston series. Almost I tell almost you what, the end of that process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but I tell you, after seeing um, Day of the Doctor, without any spoilers, I think that it remains, and I've said this all along, it remains true that Eccleston was the perfect actor to play that doctor coming mm-hmm. out of the what he came out of. Yeah, to be reborn as Christopher Eccleston's doctor, it was just beautiful. I mean, the transition in hindsight is fantastic. Yay. Yeah, one one thing that's interesting yeah. rewatching it is um, I'm picking up on things that just rolled right by me when I had no context. You know, because uh, when I first watched, I, I started watching that series when it was new, being shown on BBC. No, I think it was Sci-Fi at that point when that one right. came out. Um, but, uh, the, I, I, you know, I only vaguely knew some things about Dr. Who. I knew that he had a police box that was a space and time machine. I knew that he sometimes regenerated, though I was not clear on what exactly that meant. Um, and that was about it uh, other than just, I knew a lot of people liked it, but so there's a lot of mentions even in the first two episodes of him, like not wanting to tell Rose, like anything about where he's from. And like, there's actually an exchange where it's kind of to the effect of like, well, like even if I told you a name, what would you wouldn't know it anyway? So what's the point? And she's like, well, if it doesn't matter, then why won't you tell me? (laughs) 
Um, and then, uh, you know, and then also the, the tree lady on the space station, uh, oh. where the world is about to blow up, um, knows who he is and, 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 and he eventually admits to Rose is like, my planet's gone. And so the thing is, is like when I had no context, I had no way of knowing that that's not just the established backstory for that's always been how it is for Dr. Who. And I didn't right. know that that was any kind of a change. Yeah. Um, but so certainly knowing what I know now going back and just seeing those darker notes it was is interesting mm -hmm. just that i i missed them the first time around because yeah. i didn't know better <laughs> so dark really so dark and i'm glad you know i think that that was like i said a fantastic start but mm -hmm. coming out of who it was before but i think that one season of it was probably enough before bringing tenant in yeah you know well, Tenant, I think, is still my favorite. That's what everybody says. Everybody loves Tenant. Well, I don't know. I think lots of people like like others. I think Matt Smith's is pretty popular, but yeah. I, I know that's my Everybody preference. I've talked also to loves. Hated. What, Chooch? He's also pretty hated, but. Who is? Hmm. Tenant? No, um, Smith. Smith. That's what I was going to say is everybody that I talk to can't stand him. I, I like loves, him fine. I just. Tenet. I, I don't dislike Matt Smith. I just I, I I in fact actually one of the things I really like about the show generally is how it reinvents itself every yeah. so often with a new mm -hmm. actor. And I think that's actually really cool. Yeah. I, I yeah. feel like, you know, there's for obvious reasons most other shows are not able to do that in the same way. Yeah. But uh I feel like it's really something very cool. And so even though I might have my own preference, I I like that they're different, and so I I don't dislike any of the ones I've seen so far. Mm -hmm. Right. One of the uh, well, forgot to say up top, we had a Q and A app. If you are uh, watching on Google Plus, uh, you can ask questions there. If you are on YouTube watching, you can ask questions or write comments in there. We'll try to pull them into the show. And uh, if you're watching after the fact, send us an email. Leave us comments. We've been, since Chooch has been so hardworking, we've been getting our audio episodes out faster. So uh, yep. if you're listening, come on over to the website and post some comments, and we'll uh, pull them into the next show. So uh, mm -hmm. what else have you been watching, yeah. Chooch? You mentioned more than one show. Well, we didn't actually... Um... Well, with Vikings, we didn't actually really talk about it, uh, Vikings, other yes, than yes. going into Doctor Who. And Has anybody else? I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry whether be, or not. No, no, no. It's cool. Watching no. Vikings. Well, there's only one question. You said it's similar to Game of Thrones. Is there sex position? Uh, For Vikings, there's sex, but no, I no, no I don't think there's sex position. Man, <laughs> well, I'm not watching because you know <laughs> there is sex. I mean, you know. Is it HBO level or is it, no, you know, like no. AMC level? AMC oh, level. That's, yeah. AMC what what level. channel is it actually on? I think it's like on History, History Channel. Oh, okay. <laughs> PG. History, History Channel. History Channel. If it were <laughs> Cinemax, maybe. <laughs> well, I, I think actually that uh, the correct pronunciation of History Channel is History Channel. <laughs> Which is not to say they can't have some good shows. I just, yeah. I know that uh, it's been a long time since I really felt like I there was anything worth watching over there. Because, yeah. I don't know, because they, they started going in for the, like, the ancient aliens and like, oh, let's do um, Ghost Hunters only in the past. Right. 
No, the best I thing I ever saw. They got the search for Bigfoot on on the Animal Planet now. Wasn't it? Um, I think it was History Channel that recently did a big Bible miniseries. Yes, movie thing. They did. And so I was at a grocery store, and on the bookshelf they had the book adaptation of the History Channel's movie, The Bible. You know what that's just like? I saw at the grocery store the other day. They had they had uh, Doritos Locos brand tacos flavored Doritos. Doritos, yeah. <laughs> Recursive. Wow. Uh, but anyway, so Atlanta. Atlanta's um, not for me. I think Viv's mm. enjoying it, but okay. I, I'm I, trying really hard because it's one of those things that's always interested me, kind of like Pompeii, kind of, you know, mm. that sort of stuff. But it's completely made up. There's so much mythology, huh? But it's completely made up. Yeah, I'm having a It's got hard, fucking like, I don't Hercules remember. and Medusa, and but they're not really Hercules or Medusa. And, and um, Pythagoras, before yeah. he becomes famous. Before he had a theory. Before the theory, yeah, yeah. He's already <laughs> a mathematician. And... Um, Hercules You're gonna have an episode later where he's gonna see like a right triangle and just go, <laughs> of course. Well, he's already yeah, he's already it's talking triangles, and Hercules is more of a um, bronze cell sword. He's more douchebaggy than anything else, and and then there's what's his name? But Jason. he's not particularly strong, and he's fat. <laughs> he's at, yeah, and not he can't really. Yeah. Anyway, is so there a, is there a lobster from the Caribbean that sings songs? <laughs> sorry that's little mermaid sorry who was Confused the other honey there was another game of thrones actor that we saw on there who was it uh and a preview for the next episode we saw uh Picel. that's Master right Picel. or lewin lewin or lewin yeah Master the one that was at the one that was at uh winterfell lewin right right yeah yeah i was just thinking um that it's funny that pg referenced uh, the Little Mermaid instead of the actual Disney animated movie about Atlantis. I know, <laughs> but that was the right call because oh. nobody would have gotten any references from that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. Has anybody seen that? I, I saw it when it was while. new. Yeah. I saw it when it was new. It's just, it's okay. It's it's pretty typical of that era of uh, Disney movies where it's it's kind of like, you know if you Treasure Planet, you know it's like there's yeah. nothing incompetent about it, but it also just it doesn't. It doesn't have that same kind of magic as some of their best stuff does. There was a period of um, Disney fatigue in my house. I mean, it was just like, you know, Lion King and Aladdin and all of those fantastic movies that they did. It was just just after a while, it was like you needed a break from them. So we definitely took a break and Treasure Planet was during that break. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever did see it. Uh, Did anyone see Frozen yet? I've heard really good things, but I haven't my, seen it. No, not yet. I, I saw two independent people say they thought it was the best since Beauty and the Beast. Ooh. So. Hmm. I have heard they good were, things. I don't know. They were pretty I love cocky the in the stuff commercials. from it. The, the movie. What, baby? They were pretty cocky about it in the commercials. They were saying, you know, this will be hailed as the best Disney since such and so. That's oh, the well, one we so just maybe that's what I, part of what I was thinking of. <laughs> We just watched one called Jack Frost, I think. Right, baby? Was that what it was, that was called? Rise of the Guardians. Uh, Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, that I was... always want to call it Jack Frost, but that's Michael Keaton. Yeah. 
We watched Rise of the Guardians. Rise of the Guardians. Yeah. Or Santa Claus 3. Santa Claus 3. But the guy that, the character Jack Frost, almost said the guy that plays Jack Frost, but it's not an actor. Um, so the character, though, looks to me like almost exactly like Joffrey from Game of Thrones. So mm. It's like impossible for me to feel any kind of sympathy or empathy for this character at all because I'm thinking he's going to put Ned's head on a spike any minute now. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> he looks just like looks like him. Joffrey a lot of the time, and he looks like uh, Sora from right, right, right. Uh, yeah, the game. Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. He looks a lot yeah. like Sora a lot of the time too. He has this cane, this uh, staff that he wields that looks like bigger because it's all icy and stuff. So it looks more like a wow. key sometimes. And even a Does couple he of have the scenes, great where, big feet that like the size of dinner hams <laughs> or something. That's you know, I don't remember. <laughs> I actually think he's barefoot the whole time, but there's a scene where he like falls mm. underwater or something, and it was very reminiscent uh-huh. of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. It was pretty good overall. What are we talking about it now? Was, I've lost so track. We were talking about so many references <laughs> to other movies. Yeah. And it's Atlantis like, clearly doesn't need to be talked about Atlantis. because we can't. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's just there because I keep forgetting to delete it off the recording shows. Now, for me, it's there's a category of shows that are. Back with Xena and Hercules. Yeah, I didn't watch those. those Did like you guys watch those? Jack of all trades and Den of Thieves. Or something. Like There's these certain yeah. shows. Christiana? No, have, I, I didn't watch them either, no. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. They all have like the same aesthetic. And yeah. it's like mm-hmm. they're, um, the dialogue is just super hacky. The acting like over the top. Rose. The writing can't overcome the the weekly episodic formula. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends love these shows, and supposedly I'm supposed yeah. to love them. But there's yeah, there's this whole class of shows, and Atlantis falls square in the middle. If you like those other shows, mm-hmm. you'll probably love I think, this. I think that's what my problem is with it. It's just trying to be too winky, naughty, kind of clever. Mm-hmm. It and it's just not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mumble mumble it's coming off our dvr i'd watch zine every once in a while for the lesbian overtones but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so we had we had did you have any other new shows to talk about Juch? no those are the only tv shows i think i could remember well, we got we had the big three or at least the ones we've been talking about most um we could start with marvel uh Agents of Shield. They had their mid season mid season finale, uh, where they brought back uh Mike Peterson. Mike Peterson. J. August Richards. I was calling the actor's name. Um Is isn't he the same actor who was on Angel? Yes. Yeah, yes, I thought so. Angel, I didn't pick that up the first episode for whatever reason, but I definitely recognized him this time. Yeah. So what did what did people think about the mid-season finale. Uh, I'm I'm continuing to feel kind of like I have for a while, which is that it's it's certain it's not appointment viewing for me anymore. But I am going to continue to watch it. Like I feel like there's enough room to grow there, but I I do occasionally get a little impatient with it. Like there was a moment in this this episode, for example, where um. It was the whole thing of Ward is saying, 
the last time we saw this guy, he was a psychopathic homicidal, and and then the guy's coming up yeah, behind, was, him, and behind me. He's like, it's like, oh come on, really? That's yeah. like that joke is is like <laughs> even doing it as a lampshaded cliche is cliche. Yeah, right. Like there have been so many variations of that now that are supposed to be like like deconstructivist of the cliche and it's been a cliche to do that and so right. to play it straight <laughs> felt just like did we just flash back to the 70s or something i mean what is yeah, that and i thought so there's there's some stuff like that that i would just that yeah. i my patience wears thin but i at the same time there are certain aspects of it like i want to know who the clairvoyant is that that's got my interest for example and mm -hmm. so there's there's definitely things happening that I'm interested in, but it's not always great week to week. I mean, yeah. some right. episodes I like more than others. I'm like right at this point, I'm probably one third watching it, meaning I'm sitting with my laptop doing other stuff. And it's mm. only when Chooch goes, oh, that I'll be like, oh, wait, what just happened? Oh, gee. Yeah. Can I'm you sure back that one Chooch. line? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm playing off that I've been like in the entire webs for the last 20 minutes. And then a couple of days later, yeah, when my... she says, you want to watch it again? I'm like, well, I did kind of watch it twice <laughs> the first time. <laughs> yeah, the, the eye-rolling quota from that show is, is increasing, or just the amount of times that I do it is, is, has increased as it's gone on. And it's, uh, yeah, you, I, you hit upon it. I, I'm really, I'm really blaming the writing more than, more than like, you know, for a while I was like, maybe these guys just, you know, some of the, the ensemble just aren't great actors. I'm still up in the air about sky. Um, cause you know, that whole thing in this episode where she freaks out over, you know, Melinda May and then well, it's feeling increasingly in unlikely that they would actually keep her as an agent. She just seems like she's too much of a liability in too many ways that her skills right. do not outweigh that. Um, I mean, and it's not even about like, Oh, you don't, we can't trust her cause she might betray us. It's more just like, she's kind of unstable and she doesn't have yeah. her head in the right place for what we're doing. It's kind right. of exactly what May says about her. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like, right. listen, if you're here, it's because we're doing a mission, not because this you're you're doing a mission as room and to get room and board so that you can search for your your parents. That's not right. right. That's not and why we no. have you here. Yeah, I, I did like some of the some of the Fitzsim and stuff gets on my nerves. Their interplay. Really? I still love them. I, I, no, I was going to say, but this this episode I liked it a lot more. The whole thing where they're you know she's turned on by his body and he's turned on by the suit that he has on. <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> also, I think for her. even just the little made bit of a her. moment where like he's, you know, he sort of chastises her as like, we have machines that can measure him. You don't need to do it manually. And she's like, Oh, well, yeah, and she kind of walks away, but then he kind of comes up and you can see there's a moment where even he's kind of just like, like, like <laughs> yes. he wants to just touch him just to like, what was that? that? Real? What would that feel like? Yeah. Wow. But so just to have him like suddenly face to face with it and kind of have that little moment of like, oh, oh, yeah, OK, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you go from the relationship relationships they've tried to build within this team and then you go over to watch Sleepy Hollow and see the 
the relationships that have been built over the same amount of time and just the the dialogue between the characters is just so much better on that show. And I know that there's, you know, a little more inherent campiness in a, you know, comic book television show, but still it's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I love the Whedons and, and all that they do, but, uh, you know, this, this has continued to be moved back to, you know, I record well, it yeah, and it then I record it and then I hope to watch it before tonight's, you know, our show, but I, I don't, I would not, I would have them piled up and just watch them probably at one time at some point if I, if we didn't do this every Wednesday. So, well, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm at the point where I'm about to just say, I really don't have anything to add to the conversation because I'm just, every week I find myself paying less and less attention to it. So I'm, I'm just probably even withdrawing from future conversations other than when I get the, Moments from, you know, chooch <laughs> watching. a mid-season break is just what you need. Oh, my God. That is true. <laughs> it's never that, a good sign when you're relieved that it's going to yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like you don't want to, yeah, the whole spring break aspect should not be happening. Yeah. Eh. And they did have a good, uh, you know, cliffhanger um, at the end. And, uh you know, we'll see where where it goes. I do like the the I forget I don't what is her name Raina the the mm-hmm. the bad lady. Um, mm-hmm. I like her character. The, Corn. the uh, other the the guy though Poe. Um, he's just sort yeah, of a non character. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's so. he's trying to do that whole oh, I'm a quiet badass sort of thing, but yeah, just like we don't. Like we haven't seen him do anything to merit that, other than pretending to eat mashed potatoes while <laughs> guys beat up prison guards. Right. Like that was weird. Like you do. Um. Yeah. So oh, I, I think crazy. it sounds like we're kind of all on the same page, which is the show is not great, but we're not quite ready to just say not watching anymore. Yeah. Paulette has joined us again, as always. Thanks, Paulette, for joining us. <laughs> and uh, another show uh, I just mentioned, Sleepy Hollow, had hits. Well, I guess I don't know if they're having a break or or not. Um, I guess it wasn't really a finale, but uh, another strong episode. Um, I think they do a really good balance of you know monster of the week, but still continuing the main story as it goes along. Um, it's it's. You know, they have they introduced the idea of uh, the main character having a son and back in the past that he didn't you know, know that uh, that he had. And they dealt with that and they brought John Noble back for for another guest appearance. And uh, he's always good to see. So uh, yeah, I thought again, this episode was the sexiest that Ichabod has been yet. It's like his manliness scale just went yeah. like. Yeah, he's, he's just he's just a sexy man. So. He can you wield know, an axe. I have to say, yeah. I, there. I think part of why I have not watched the show is because in my head, I think of Ichabod Crane as that cartoon guy from the <laughs> Disney version. The big Adam's and there's apple. just enough of an emotional disconnect for me where I feel like. I see this guy on the commercials and they're saying he's Ichabod, but he doesn't look like Ichabod to me. Won't watch the show. Oh. I mean, you know, and uh, I'm, no, but you know what he has? No, a, he, I'm, 
has I'm, a lot of the same physical traits. He's he's like super super skinny. I, I'm I know that it's <laughs> silly. I'm not saying that this is like a rational thing. I'm yeah. just saying I have felt an irrational response in me of saying, well, like I keep hearing good things about it. I could wa at least watch one episode, but then I haven't yet. Why is that? And so when I think about it, I think part of it really is that I see everything that they're showing about it. And there's part of me that is like annoyed. I mm. think part of it is I'm starting to get fatigue on the whole, um, like fables once upon a time, grim thing of taking that yeah. sort of stuff and making it modern and gritty, which again, it's like, I know there's lots of good stuff doing it. And so I don't really want them to stop exactly, but I, are you I, watching any of them that do that though? Like what is one that you would say is a good one? Well, no, I think it's cause it's, well, it's, I'm not, I, I'm not actually I'm even just curious. There's any of them right now that I feel like, no. Oh, that's the one. And then all the others I'm tired of. It's more like, I feel like I was almost saturated already. Right. And now um, there's like seven of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I, I never watched I think any that of they, those, I so. mean, I think the show would have been almost better served if it had not been called Sleepy Hollow. And yeah. even though there was a headless horseman, they just had a completely different character. It was set in a different town. You know, because I, I mean, I other than those, other than those three things, other than the names Libby Hollow and Ichabod Crane and the name Headless Horseman, there's nothing to do with any of that, you know, fiction well, no. or. I mean, know, I think so. it's almost. I think it's almost like when you have the same person do the commercial score for like James and the Giant Peach. And then you have another movie that comes out that you want to kind of imbue. It has that same kind of style to it. So you get that same composer to come and do the, you know, the movie trailer or soundtrack for you. And so it's kind of like a shortcut, I think, that they took. And it is probably more, well, it's, well, it's definitely more to like the Johnny Depp Sleepy Hollow than well, the Disney one. But, I mean... You're entitled you... to grieve that, Christiana. Don't <laughs> dare feel bad about it. Well, the thing is, though, that like when I think about it consciously like that, it's 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 dumb. So I don't don't try to defend my dumb opinion, my dumb irrational <laughs> reason no. to not watch a show that might be good. Um, it's so, also not the greatest thing on television either. So, well, and I think that's part of where I'm at too, is that yeah. I just, I feel like I'm already watching a lot of shows. And so it's one thing to say, maybe agents of shield is not great. I could watch sleepy hollow instead, but I've already got kind of some time invested in agents of shield. Yeah. And some so, hope we, yeah. I have hope for shield still. I'm probably just going to be watching over Chucha's shoulder, though. <laughs> I think that they'll be better off the sooner they can get past this initial mystery arc they're doing with Coulson. I feel like they just need to stop dragging that out and do yeah. something. Yeah, and I think yep. they're getting that. So I think we'll get some resolution on that when the new series resumes. Mm -hmm. The other thing that occurred to me that watching this most recent episode is they kind of actually reminded us that in theory, you're supposed to be a level seven clearance to even know that Coulson is not dead. Right. Yeah. And yet he's still out driving around. He's in public all the time. <laughs> like they're not treating that as a very secret thing. <laughs> no. Like what no. if they're just out doing something and then Thor shows up and he's like, Hey, wait a minute. I mean, like what, what's, what's the thinking there? It's, 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 it's not good writing that aspect of it. No. 
Well, and Sleepy Hollow may be the best thing on TV, Viv, so. <laughs> and she um, said it wasn't. I've I some of the early review in your crush the new Helix pilot um say that it's really good. That's the uh, the new show from the Battlestar Galactica folks. Wait, oh. what? Huh? On sci-fi. What's it called? Helix. It's not a, it hasn't started yet, but the advanced reviews of the pilot are coming out. Nice. So I will have to check that out. I have not. Yeah. I just heard the series premiere Friday, January 10th. Yeah, I think um, is it Ronald D. Moore? I believe so. Um, and my understanding is the premise is a little bit like imagine if the guys in John Carpenter's The Thing were actually like high tech super scientist guys, and they have some sort of a mm. research facility down there, but then they they there's I don't know it's like a zombie virus or something. I'm sure there's they have their own variation on it because otherwise it doesn't seem like that would be a whole series. Yeah. But um, the you know like I said the IO9 had sort of an advanced yeah. preview of the pilot and they said they thought it looked really promising. So. Oh wait, we get the new Josh Holloway show starting soon too, yeah. don't we? Yeah. Uh, isn't that just like January? I think Ron Moore is executive producer. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Well, uh, I like I like him, but I just I see the premise, and I'm just like, didn't we have that show already with uh, yeah, what's his face? Sh- it's okay. Sh- <laughs> Chuck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other show that Josh uh, Holloway. That we've talked about, and I think, I don't know if it was a mid-season thing or if they have an episode next week, I don't know, but Almost Human had another yeah. episode, and uh, it was, it was well, it was, again, I'll, I don't know, they, they don't have a, well, they have their mythology that they set up in the pilot that they haven't really come back to very much, but. Uh, yeah, although there was a little hint of something this episode where near the end of the episode, uh Dorian like runs after this van and then like with one hand, he just like flips the van up in the air. And it's one thing for us to be surprised, but even Kenix was just like, yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why do I didn't you know there's physics. Could they, yeah. <laughs> and they had a great discussion of, uh, of Dorian's anatomy and, uh, mm. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay that they have a whole show about the sex bots, but then, you know, he's surprised that uh, that, that he can't. has working working man parts. <laughs> well, it makes sense. They're you know cops. They're when the MXs. Well, yeah. Well, the other thing with um with you know the Dorian's model, of course, is is that they're you know they're they're trying to build in those emotional responses right like they're trying to make them as human as possible and that seems like that would be a pretty significant thing that uh if they were ken doll like the other versions um it would that would be a significant component that would be you know othering um compared to trying to make them have emotional responses now that said i feel like what was really happening there was um the show writers not being quite brave enough to have the idea of a uh compelling male-ish role model that doesn't have a penis. You know what I mean? I feel like that was, they, you know, they felt like if people, people found that out, they would suddenly not like the character anymore because it would be too weird or something. Right. 
Yeah. So the fact that they he's a robot, but they did gave him one. Not not weird at all. Apparently, <laughs> I thought that I thought they were just setting up at the end of the episode that he was going to ask that psychic lady out on a date. That's what I thought was going to happen. And then I was like, well, I'm a little. Work, I, think I, was, that. I that was one thing that bothered me a little bit in this episode was just I so. I know they were talking about, oh, she got the Celebrex procedure or whatever it was. And I'm just kind of thinking, yeah, you, you got some science procedure that gives you something that makes no sense scientifically. Right. And then they're, it's portrayed as not only like, well, you know, like the characters don't act as though they're sure that it's real, but they also don't laugh it off. Right. You know what I mean? And she just dis- and so like the show makes it look like we're supposed to believe it's real. Although right. there was a little bit of I liked kind of the idea that she clearly thinks it's real, and so to be polite, you don't try to convince her that she's wrong. But I don't know. I had really mixed feelings about that aspect of it. I continue to like the cast and the chemistry and all of that, but um, that that plot point seemed really strange to me. Yeah. I think they've, for the most part, they've done a good job with sort of making the techno technological advances seem part of valid or, you know, that it could work, but uh, yeah, like they are, sometimes they'll do have, they'll have this sort of throwaway comment or, you know, plot point of like this ability that came, Oh yeah, we developed a surgery and, Oh yeah, we also have all the cloning stuff over here that uh, was banned, and so it's like they they they're coming up with plots, and then okay, what technology can we throw in here that uh, you know will make it valid? And mm-hmm. I don't know if they're they're being completely successful in in everything they're doing when it comes to the well, yeah, I, there's a little bit of a, a fear that they're they're saying, well, we're far enough in the future, we can just have them invent anything that we want for, to serve the plot. It doesn't have to be plausible because it's just enough in the future that people just assume that we'll have taken care of it. Right, and it's just, yeah, and it's like they don't spend a lot of time at all like developing it at all. It's just like a throwaway mm-hmm. line, like the whole thing about the seaweed drug or the drug that they made out of seaweed it was just sort of like this whole just a throwaway thing of how they you know developed this mm-hmm. you know, new drug or what have you and it's it you know, some of it makes a lot of sense and works very well and some of it just seems like it's there to serve whatever plot they come up with and it may not yeah. have been thought through completely or integrated into the universe as as, as well as it could be yeah so, so it, it'll be a really big shame if the, they can't get scriptwriters to Good enough to support the the clearly good chemistry they've got in the cast and you know the solid premise, but they they need people who can actually write interesting things for these characters to do. Yeah, and as we know from Seventh Son, you know if you had clones, they wouldn't be all identical. Identical. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly these four were raised together, though. So. Yes, they were. Yeah, they were raised in the same. What place. I wanted the twist to be in the episode was to turn out that the one that was in jail was actually not the original one. That's uh, that's where I thought they were going too. I thought that that was uh, you know yeah. when you kept saying you know hope you get your man. You know, it was like his his sort of 
um, explaining I'm not the real guy. I'm not the guy that did this or what have mm-hmm. you and go that route. But yeah. Very but, you know, I'm continuing to watch that one. I'm I'm liking it. Mm-hmm. Any other TV watching? No. Nope. Uh, as mentioned last week, I continued the run of Simon Pegg. Uh, skip, skipped the Fat Boy run or whatever that movie was, but we did see. We oh. watched Paul this past weekend and uh, him enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed. It. I didn't enjoy it as much as watching it with you guys. It was some of the jokes not quite as good. Well, we're just so goddamn things, silly though. by the time we watch it at three o'clock in the morning, you That's know. True. That's but true. Uh, what shoots? I said, isn't that just all, everything with us? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're watching movies. It has to be at least one a.m. before we start watching movie. I know. <laughs> time to put the games away. Up. Uh, uh, Paulette said that Hangouts crashed. Oh. Um. Hopefully our well, stuff. Uh, yeah, we're still, still recording, and I mean it's it's good on our side in here, but hopefully YouTube will have the whole thing, and it'll be all of the Googles. All the all the Googles are, are working now. Maybe Viv broke it. <laughs> I don't know. It's entirely <laughs> possible. Mm-hmm. Um. What else did I do? Still, still reading the American Vampire comic, uh, yeah. which is good. Um, been playing more Assassin's Creed. Uh, I've been sucked in. Every once in a while, I get into a sports game, and I had to get NBA 2K14 because it's it's basically the best looking sports video game that I've ever seen, and, and it's, is that it's the one that's a lot of fun? I feel like I keep. I, I keep hearing that there's one of the next gen basketball games that is just like broken, glitchy, yes. terrible. Is that this one or is that the other yes. one? No, is this that's one? the other one. The oh, the one okay. by EA is a a a glitchy, not uh, technically proficient, graphically wonderful version of it. Uh, this one's done by uh, 2K Sports, and the, I mean, so, EA stopped doing basketball games for a few years uh, because this one's so much better. But they decide to come back for the you know the next generation launch mm-hmm. to do one, and, and they did not failed. distinguish themselves. <laughs> yes, EA EA actually put out a a letter um, apologizing for the for the product. So, mm. so what what is that one called? Because I keep confusing the two because I don't play them. Um. That is a good question. I've just avoided this. I don't. I mean, it is. Mm, I don't <laughs> know. NBA 2014. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, this one's NBA 2K14 from 2K Sports. Oh, well, I don't uh, know how I could have possibly confused the two. Yes, it has very similar <laughs> names, but it is NBA, uh, NBA Live 14. Yeah, NBA Live. So the live is the. Um, but um, yes, this one. Has LeBron James, I believe, on the front, and the other one has the bad one has Kyrie Irving from Cleveland on the cover. So stay away from that one. Okay. But uh, it, I guess, one thing that we haven't talked about a lot, and uh, this is one of those games that has a secondary screen experience, has a companion app. Oh yeah. That seems to be one of the big trends for this for the next generation. Although I, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I think they're doing this with some some of the ones for the p 
PS3 games and Xbox game 360 games that are coming out, but they're uh, mm-hmm. you know pushing it to the next level because uh, like Assassin's Creed has a companion app that like you can have the map open and you can um, you know the overhead map of, of where you are and there's like all these treasure maps you can pull them up on because they had iPads in the Caribbean in in the <laughs> 17th century of course but uh, yeah but um, yeah they they've they've sort of stepped up their game when it comes to having that second screen experience. And of course you have the, the, uh, the Vita, um, which Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that they're going to incorporate some second screen stuff into that as well. Um, Well, yeah. So like I know playing need for speed, I tried the, the iPad app for that, but I feel like it doesn't really work like I would want it to. Yeah, um, I downloaded it, but I haven't really. I opened it once, and it had like the the map. It didn't seem like you could do a whole lot. Well, and at least so far, I feel like having to look away from the screen is not really superior to pressing the pause button. Anyway, you know what I mean. Like so, but uh, yeah. The other thing that I think is just funny and kind of ironic about so many games trying to do stuff like that is the Wii U, which has that functionality built into the core system is selling so well, right? <laughs> um, in case anyone doesn't know, the, the Wii U is selling abysmally. I mean, like, like historically bad. Not mm. just not well, but like really, really bad. It's so, uh, it's a problem for Nintendo, I think. Tanked is the official word. The official, Yeah. <laughs> Although they, you know, quietly they've they have released a few games, and you know, well, by this time next year, hmm. it really depends. I mean, the one thing you can say because it has a a year, a year head start, they they could have a decent library of games a year from now, and still the uh, you know the next generation, the other ones are going to be. They've announced what's coming up, though, but, and some of them are going to be good. Like for Super Mario 3D World, if I had a Wii U, I would want to buy it, and it lo- looks mm-hmm. cool enough that I feel like if they had another two games that looked that good, I would buy one. But they don't. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with all the consoles, though. It's like well, you know, yeah, when, and when I talk to Chooch, it's like, when do you want to get a PS4? Because we, we're putting it off, and it's like we're, we're still waiting for. I, at least I'm still waiting for a game that I'm willing to risk. You know, what I have to risk, but that's also got mm-hmm. the improvement. What we what we don't already get on the PS3, I guess, is how. Well, Chooch that's that's completely fair. I think that's a completely fair point. Like I I I don't regret having bought it myself. Right. Oh no. But it's absolutely. also, but yeah, but it's also true that there are plenty of other games that I could be playing right now that are not on it, and you know, and and the truth is that I'm enjoying the games that I'm playing, but I feel like of them, only Resogun is really the one where I just feel like, oh, I really love this game. But it's also a game where, other than just being pretty, it's really not groundbreaking in any way. By the way, did you beat my high score on rookie level yesterday? Yes, I did. You did? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. It took me me at least a week. What? You you said a good challenge for me though. I think what it what it was partly is that um I hadn't been playing rookie. I'd been trying to do the experienced mm-hmm. or the like the next difficulty 
level, and I still haven't been able to get all the way through all five levels on that level. But uh, going back to rookie, I was I was able to do uh, better. So, um, so but I I encourage the challenge though. No, I mean because seeing you that you got that big score is what made me want to start playing that one again instead of playing something else. So it's working exactly as intended in that regard. As intended. So yes, challenge accepted, and I I see your score and, and you raise sent it you. Back to me. Yeah. Yeah, that is, you know, it is a, a score hunt game where you, well, know, yeah. you can play for half hour and you're done. And then you can say, OK, I've got nine million points. Oh, I'm 200,000 behind Christiana. Here's another half hour. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Paulette uh, said she's back now sitting by the Yule tree listening to us while knitting a fourth doctor scarf for someone's awesome Christmas present. Oh, nice. Paulette, you're you're fixing me a Tom, making me a Tom Baker. <laughs> so Dwarf. here's so the happy. question: How do you know when to stop? <laughs> I mean, is there a standardized? Feet, I think I'm sure is, there's, there's, there's an actual. There's actually several patterns for it, and they can even down to a specific um, uh, yarn company's colors. The internet exists. Patterns. So yeah, it's it's essentially twelve feet of just. Crazy awesome, <laughs> but I I really like the one the uh, the the version of it that was in Day of the Doctor. I was actually looking for that pattern online earlier today. Oh, the one the one that, that the, the scientist lady had. Yeah, yeah, the one the little geeky girl wore. I just love that one. <laughs> was good. it really different from other ones? Yeah, there were different mm-hmm. colors to it than. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I there guess was I'm not familiar enough with them to recognize the subtle differences you know i only know the famous one that has all the earth tones in it that's the only one that i've ever really seen i know that there's a couple but hers looked unique to me from any that i'd seen but okay paulette would be the expert well i so i believe you i just didn't notice the differences i'm not well you're calling me out christiana no i'm 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 telling you that you clearly (laughs) have a better eye for these sorts of things tonight it had purple look that's that's really what it comes down to is this one had white and purple and so it stood out it's really a very childish reason why I noticed. <laughs> purple is good. So, I like purple. So, Chooch, did you have, uh, were there things that you, we did not get to last week that you uh, had on your list? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there yeah. were some board games we got to play. A couple Ooh, that we and I got to play together and a couple that we played separately. One of the first we played mm-hmm. together is a pretty old game, but it was new to us called Hey, That's My Fish, <laughs> which has these cute little plastic penguins and you set out the board <laughs> that are like ice flows and you're fishing and you're like scooting across the ice and picking up fish and whoever <laughs> the most fish wins and um, and it ends up being a, a fairly, you know, sophisticated strategy game, but nice. one definitely appropriate for kids. And I thought it was a lot of fun. There's nodding. I think she thinks. <laughs> yeah, I did. Wait. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was muted. Um, no, I did. It was a lot of fun. I got lost down a rabbit hole. I was looking up something for later. Um, no, it was a lot of fun. Scarf stuff, weren't you? No, 
<laughs> not not that time. No. Um, <laughs> no, it was really cute. It was actually a game that we had seen like when we first the first like this is like five or six years ago that we saw at a, a gaming party at a friend's house, and I'd always wanted to play it and. He spanked me. It was just really, <laughs> it was stupid because I became obsessed with, it was really loud and noise. I had a really bad migraine and stuff. So Aww. I was pretty heavily medicated. And so I spent my time just like making these like trash talking, like putting my <laughs> penguins all lined up, like, you know, like, you know, you're confirmed, you know, and I was like posing them and taking and he was reading the rules and figuring out fucking strategy. And see, shit. Paulette has the uh, the deets on the scarves there. She's um, got the what? The the deets. Four one one. I was being all hip with my lingo. Always um, scary when talking to me. <laughs> um. So she says there are two websites full of knit patterns for all the different scarves. So all the different ones apparently. Um, and then the big difference on the Lab Girls scarf was that it was knitted in rib pattern rather than seed. It was oh. also done on very big needles. Oh, good, because that's what I would need. Which means things if you know about knitting, I would guess. It means it's big and <laughs> I, chunky, I gonna, and it takes yeah. less it stitches. It's faster to make. <laughs> yeah, it's I was going to say make. all that, but I didn't want to, you know. And, and when you're talking about somebody that has dexterity dexterity issues like I do, think of it as like giving a toddler like a regular crayon or a thick, chunky crayon. I would <laughs> rather deal with the thick, chunky. Well, so knitting, knitting the knitting talk, though, just makes That's me think That's what of, she said. <laughs> did any of you guys listen to the Requiem of the Outcast episode where Rich and I basically did like a parody of fan casts where we made up a property Mm-mm. to do yeah. a fan cast about? And it was it had a whole bunch. So the idea was there was some fantasy series that started as an anime and then was made into a series of movies, um, and that knitting was like the magic system in oh, that story. No. And so we did a whole episode where we tried to play it completely straight as oh though God. we were doing a fan cast for that series and that you know we, we talk about like well there's some people who like the anime better and some people who like the movies better but you know we're all here together and and so yeah so that episode is still people can find that i can i'll i'll link that up we can so it was a lot of fun but i think part of the problem when we did it was that it was a little too inside baseball i think yeah because a lot of people told us that it felt like listening to a fan cast for a property you're not familiar with. And so I think maybe we didn't have enough in it that was actual jokes as opposed to just pretending that it was real. Yeah. <laughs> but it was certainly a lot of fun for us. It was one of my, the favorite ones that uh, of mine that we did, even if it wasn't the funniest for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Any so other there board games there? Oh, well, you got to, Chooch, tell me you got to finally play Velociraptor Cannibalism, and I did not get to join in on that game, so you I need to spreech on it. did. It was super, super fun. Um, yeah. What's the name of this again? Velociraptor Cannibalism. I am not taking notes, by the way. This is the game that was done by, um, it was a Kickstarter done by J.R. Blackwell and Jennifer mm-hmm. Rogers and... That crazy creative team. Yes, it's it's a really really novel game. Each of each player has a place mat, their own little board, 
with a custom Velociraptor character. And they all have different names, and they all have different, you know, like there's a punky one and a steampunk one, and a, you know, there's like a... Anyways, there's parts of your body that are interchangeable. So as you get these cards, you add them to your body, and they give you new abilities. So you kind of like morph wings, or you morph into like this little My Little Pony type of Doom Pony thing, and you get these different heads, and you get tentacles that you can put anywhere. And and so it has some really interesting mechanics on how you the, the wind condition is, is reproducing is, is getting aches. And there's a lot of interesting mechanics on how you basically cannibalize each other. You fight and then basically rip parts of their body off and put them on you. So you have a better benefit. It's a very primal looting system. Yeah. And there's a lot of interesting strategies because there's, there's a lot of different ways you can win where you're either super aggressive or super defensive or super uh, spawning Uh where you're making lots of eggs and, you know, it, it, yeah, it was a really, really fun game. And it's actually just recently came out for pre-order. There's a site called uh, gamesalute.com, which oh, I can put a link to. I, I need you to link it for me because I screwed up when they did the Kickstarter and did, didn't did do the right tier to get the actual friggin' physical game. <laughs> yeah. So we need to buy on, it. Uh, on gamesalute.com, it's 50 bucks. <laughs> And it's, uh, I don't remember how many players, I think a lot of players can actually play three to six average time, 60 minutes, age 13 and up really fun, really cool artwork. Jennifer Rogers did really fun artwork with the Velociraptors and really cool design. (laughs) Very different. Uh, Sebastian in the Q and a is asking, uh, stopping by and thanks for stopping by asking if we play (laughs) video games and, yeah, we usually talk about video games yeah. in one section. We got two PS4 owners here, a couple PS3 owners, and uh, mm-hmm. I own an Xbox 360. So we usually cover the new games in some way. On yes, this, that was on one of our very cast. brief non-PS3 PS4 <laughs> game. Lessons. You just missed um, part of the PS4. Well, experience. and then also uh, over much. the weekend when I was on the the plane, I uh, I I finished both Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds and Caraway. Oh, nice. What which, so, which was your favorite between the two? Oh, both are very good. Um probably Legend of Zelda just because it has the nostalgia factor going mm-hmm. for it, but Caraway is also very good. I feel like that's that's a must buy for anyone who gets a Vita. It's just it utilizes all the features of the Vita so well and it's just super charming. Mm. So, I don't know if you said last last week you mentioned Caraway and did I, so it, I was like, playing it pictures then, but now I finished. Yeah, so, so like, like it for takes example, pictures of you and puts your face in the sun and it's things not like even that. just pictures; it's live video. So, like for example, <laughs> the like the premise is that you have this little papercraft world, like where everything's made of construction paper, but then all of a sudden one day, the the sun sort of there's a big hole that opens in the sun and there's a face in it. And everyone's not sure if it's like a god or what, but the face is your face. And so, like, there will be plenty of times where you're running your little your little guy around, and it'll just sort of pan up where the sun is would be like on the horizon, and it'll be like a live video of of your face. And so, like, you'll see it and then smile, and it's you're smiling on the. And the thing is, it's like it sounds just kind of silly and gimmicky, but I found that I really enjoyed it even more than I. Would have yeah. Expected. 
So they turned you into a tele- Teletubby episode. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's super funny, and it's it's also just um, you can customize your little guy, and and uh, um, and it's just it's just really charming. <laughs> it sounds it. What was it called um, again? Tara. Ter- Tearaway. Mm-hmm. So that one, I think, if you have a Vita, that's that's an easy purchase. Definitely get that one. Because uh, there's also just lots of things like where it uses the rear touch, where like um, hmm. um, it you, you you touch the the back of the uh, of the of the Vita, and it'll it's like your finger is poking through the paper into the world. Oh wow! And so it has like a little image of uh, it's not it's not really an image of your finger because right. it doesn't have a camera right there, but you choose your skin tone and whether you have big hands or small hands, and so it's kind of a video finger, and so it's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh so i i feel like i i don't know what else even to say about it other than like i said mostly it's just it's just really charming and it's yeah. silly and fun yeah. and and it's a good use of the hardware what um, is your favorite done, aspect done of the by, done by medium molecule who did uh yeah little big, little big planet, planet. So mm. it's that same company has that sort of not the aesthetic because it's sort of a paper world, but still that that whimsical mm-hmm. factor and very cool that sort of thing. So yeah. So what is your favorite aspect of the PS4 PG since you've had a couple weeks to fondle it and massage it and play with it? It's <laughs> uh, a fun way to say. Um, that. I mean, once you get past the graphics, I, I mean, I. I I'm really looking forward to having finding a game where I can try to do some of the Twitch, some of the live streaming, mm-hmm. uh, where you can, you know, I've played around with that a little watch. bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Assassin's Creed Four is actually could be a good game for that, but I, I have made the time to to try it out. I want to get a game and just start from the beginning, and you know, be old man gaming and, you know, have, have the young kids come and yell at me, tell me I don't know how to do things. <laughs> that's actually old something I've, uh, <laughs> that's something actually I've been doing. Um, uh, Jeff Green, who is, uh, who was the editor at computer gaming world. And he actually has been podcasting since they, he did a, uh, one up podcast at one up.com and, um, like starting like in 2006. So he, he, I've heard his voice for years and he's been doing a Twitch thing where he's playing uh, dark souls, which is this, you know, what's a Twitch thing. Uh, Twitch is a TV. website where you can go. That's okay. Yeah, that's it's it's the sort of like a gaming yeah, YouTube stuff. for, for gaming. Got it. And, okay. Uh, it's usually, usually for live streaming things. Gotcha. Right. To saved videos. Yeah. They do have archived certain things, the ability to do that, but uh, yeah, it's mostly for live stuff. But anyway, um, he's been live streaming, playing Dark Souls, which is this, you know, very difficult. You die a lot, video game where you're, you know, basically running around with a sword and, you know, doing things. But anyway, he's been live streaming. I've been been very fun to watch because he's in his fifties, and you know, half the time he can he's he's been drinking some wine. So he's, he's dying every, every, you know, 10 minutes and everybody's yeah. giving him a hard time. And that game's it's, hard. Just, it's, it's fun, fun to watch. So, <laughs> but, uh, back to the PS4. Um, yeah, I really like the, 
I just like the ability to to to, <laughs> to plug the headphones into the into the controller and not have you know just be able to listen and play and the audio's good. I really like that. And um, you know, of course, the graphics are are incredible. So just you know, probably be a year and gameplay before before there are you know really good games coming out that that really are taking advantage of the system. And I think that mm. uh, you know when games. Uh, um, and I can never rem- remember the name of the game, the the Ubisoft game that uh, Watch Dogs. Yeah, Watch Dogs. When that, I think that's going to be like the first game, next gen game that's really going to pull all that, that stuff in. That one's actually coming out on the the current the the you know 360 and PS3 right. too. So there's right. going to be uh, there's going to be a, like a year or two of that where almost mm-hmm. all of those big games are coming out multi-platform like that. Right. But, but what uh, I was going to say is that that's that like we've been talking about like the second screen experience and sort of being able to pull the, or do a lot of the things that you know the the next gen systems have the promise of them. Again, mm-hmm. there are there versions of the game are going to be for the for the previous gen as well, but won't won't do all the bells and whistles as as right. the, the the next gen one will. So we'll what see. about you, Christiana? What's your favorite aspect of the PS4s? As it being in um, I really like being able to remote play it on my Vita. Yeah, um, that's that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just like there, there are plenty of times where, if I kind of want to watch a show, but I'm not necessarily going to give it my full attention, you know, like we've talked about sometimes doing, mm-hmm. then I can I can sort of that's one more option of something that I could be doing. So it's like if I want to say play more knack. But I also kind of want to catch up on this week's episodes of The Daily Show. I can do those at the same time. So I, I like that. Um, I also just I feel like the just the interface is kind of nice and clean. I kind of I like that aspect of it. Um, and just the. Yeah, so I, I mean, I like the controller, too. So it's, it's just kind of a lot of things that are nice about it. Like I, as we've talked about, I'm not sure any of it is must have, unless you're just someone who, you know, I like where I was at is I knew I was going to get one eventually. So right. why not just go ahead and get it? Um, but to be sure, you know, it's not, uh, it's, I, I don't think it's a must have yet. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have. That's, mm-hmm. that's the terminology we often use in, in my uh, line of work is, you know, is, is something a need to have or a nice to have. I think that they, the, the uh, social networking things they put in and yeah, just, some of that, like fun. we talked, talked about earlier is the fact that like playing Resogun and, you know, being able to very easily see, Oh, Christiana has mm-hmm. been playing this game and, mm-hmm. You know, it'll show, it'll flash up, you know, if she got a, a trophy or a high score and it's. Right. Know, like and, I with, didn't go into PS3. Yeah. Yeah. With the PS3, it was, you know, you could search for stuff. I could go to Christiana's profile and, you know, see what trophy shoes won and what games they were in. If, you know, if we were friends, but this is your friends with somebody, it'll show up on this, you know, what's new type thing where it goes through what people are playing and you know from there if you have the game you can immediately click and 
it'll open mm-hmm. up and you can jump right in and play. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I did. I was probably going to be playing Knack, but then I saw that uh, PG had that <laughs> new high score, and I said, <gasps> challenge accepted. And so mm-hmm. I played Resogun instead. And yeah. So Paulette asks the question of the week. The Hobbit Desolation of Smaug. Smaug. Is it going to be 3D, uh, 2D, IMAX, or HD? Uh, I'm going to go analog and no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a high frame rate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, saw the, I saw the first Hobbit movie with the high frame rate, and it, it is a little weird. Um, also, just as a, as a caveat that I should probably point out, I saw what I thought was the movie in high frame rate and came out saying, I don't see what the big deal is. And then I realized, oh, wait, no, that was just regular. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Uh, when I did, I did go back and see it again in the high frame rate just because at that point I felt like I really, I, I had publicly expressed an opinion that I now knew was bullshit. So I needed to uh, <laughs> um, write that wrong. Write that wrong. And, um, it does take getting used to. There are, like, especially the first, about the first 15 minutes or so, I felt like I was watching it in slight fast forward. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew yeah. that it wasn't really in fast forward because the sound sounded normal and everything was still in sync, but my brain kept trying to tell me this is like watching it in fast forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are parts that felt a little bit more like a video game, but that's just partly because the only thing that I would regularly see that is running at that high a frame rate is probably a video game because most other, you know, movies and TV shows and all that are not doing that. Um, but uh, at the same time, uh, it does have some cool things about it, but it did take some adjustment. I think the people who are making it sound like it's the end of the world are stupid and full of it. So, <laughs> Yeah, I will probably not see it in 3D. Um, if I'm seeing it by myself, I would probably go to IMAX, but uh, Kim doesn't like IMAX too much. We went and saw, I don't know what we saw, but it was just so loud that it was, we almost left the theater, which was, it was wow. too much. But, um, yeah, the high frame rate. Yeah, they're like the in the Hobbit hole at the beginning, and then when they f- like do the flashback to when Smog shows up, and you know the the uh, River Town or I can't remember the name of the town, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it almost had that quality of you were watching something that was filmed for like one of those crime shows where they're doing the reenactments, mm-hmm. and it just has that weird video quality because mm-hmm. you know, it's that type of of camera, and it. it uh, but yeah, you get used to it. Um, yeah. I think the problem is really mm-hmm. just that it 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 we are so used to the other frame rate that it just feels s- strange in a way that's hard to put your finger on. So mm-hmm. it's because um, it it's really it's it's messing with stuff that we don't normally expect to ever be messed with. Mm-hmm. So, but right. at, at the same time, I feel like once you get used to it, it has its advantages. So. There's kind I mean, of a similarity a- to certain certain shows you'll watch on high def and you watch them like progressive mm-hmm. scan instead of interlaced or and mm-hmm. it almost has a feeling like it, it it it's so real that it looks like it's a steady cam or you know like a, mm-hmm. a right. home camera. 
What it, what it reminds me of actually is the first time I ever watched Blues Brothers on DVD because I had seen that movie dozens of times on an old crappy VHS that we had taped off HBO or something. <laughs> and uh, so the first time I saw it on DVD, not so much the video, but the sound being digital then sounded wrong to me. Like there, <laughs> it, it took me a little while to, because at first it just sounded so different that my brain couldn't help doing different equals worse. And, oh, gotcha. um, and so it took a little while and like I'm over it now. And I'm sure that if I went back, I would say, Oh yeah, that sounds pretty crappy, but it was yeah. just different than I expected. And I think it's a similar sort of thing here, which is, is not to say that people who really don't like it are wrong, but I would also argue that it's probably something that anybody could get used to and then stop feeling that way about. Man, and that they're like, probably not yeah. right. Well, it's, yeah, it's just a matter of, I'm just it kidding. is going to be, well, it's going to be a transition for anybody who tries to watch it. And some people just don't want to have to go through that process, yeah. which and I don't blame them. It's going to be the norm in five or 10 years. Well, yeah. right. I, I mean, there's nothing at standard, aren't we, Chooch? We're not seeing it any fancy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy I really enjoyed the high frame rate, but the the story and all that doesn't need it at all. So mm-hmm. as long as it's yeah. on a big screen, I'll be happy. Like watching uh you know, you watch some shows, there's some BBC shows and you watch them on Netflix and you know the British television is like fifty frames a second. So like when they convert it over to like Netflix, it like if there's ever any graphics on the screen because of the uh like when you see credits on some of the shows it like just stutters because it's the change in the frame rate um and you know this i didn't this, even know that yeah it's like if you ever watch it crowd whenever they show the credits it just flashes across the screen like in a stuttering fashion you can't read them at all and it's because of the difference between whatever it is 50, 50 frames hertz a second, and 60, 60 hertz yeah hertz like, oh, yeah well i was gonna say 50 hertz and 60 hertz though that's not the same thing as 50 frames per second yeah it's different it's it's it affects the quality yeah, and they have to do transfers between PAL mm-hmm. and NTSC. Yeah. So, different yeah, different measurement, but that, awesome. that makes different, measurement. <laughs> different measurement, yeah, but it does was, make a difference if you don't have to talking conversion. about a different thing, but I what thought I we were talking meant about was and shit guys is that it, uh, it does give a, a difference, a difference, uh, Quality to the picture at times. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Rar. Frames, frames per second. Rar. I, I follow <laughs> that. Yeah. The PAL format freaks out colors too. It's like a different palette. Hmm. I wouldn't notice that. So. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so what do we all want for Christmas from Paulette? Hmm. Wow, that's a good question. Um, I just had I this whole conversation. World for- peace. <laughs> no. Really? Do you really? Do you really? <laughs> no. Not really. <laughs> um, I just had this conversation <laughs> with my mom, actually, where uh, she, I guess, was feeling stressed out by shopping. And so she asked if we, if it would be okay with my brother and I to, to shift to charitable donations this year instead of gifts, which... I don't know. Oh. I was I was okay with, but then um, 
oddly enough, my brother, who I think we all sort of expected to be the one that would be like, oh, yeah, totally fine. I would be really happy to not have to do go shopping, um, was actually like, I don't know. I think it's a nice tradition. And, you know, given that the whole initial email from my mom was clearly like a cry for help, like, I am freaking out because I don't know what to buy you guys. And then my brother just kind (laughs) of undermines the whole thing. Um, But uh, it's an interesting question. I I think, I think like as an adult, I'm increasingly in a position where I feel like if I want something, I just go and buy it myself. So (laughs) I feel like I don't usually have to wait for Christmas or my birthday to get something. You know what I mean? So what's that like? (laughs) (laughs) That's the road that we didn't choose. What's it like, Christiana? Sounds like awesome. Well, you know, it's certainly true that not having dependents helps (laughs) with that process. Um, (laughs) It's nice, but then it makes it harder for my family to know what to get me for Christmas. So it's like a trade-off. Yeah. <laughs> I want a Vita. I'm not gonna get one, but maybe maybe well, a couple they're, of they're coming out with to, um, maybe if you're really bad. I mean good. Well they're coming not out even, with the new model. Um that's a little it's a little cheaper, I think. Yeah. Um but it's also it's a different kind of screen that is good yeah, but not, not the OLED screen. Hmm? It's not the OLED yeah screen that the one you have has. Yeah, I believe that that would be a slash emote of sulk. It's not the <laughs> OLED screen. Yeah. <laughs> I was just answering just her question. Pointing uh, out a difference, all. just a specification difference is all. Well, something Sony did Talking say. Specs, that's all. Just Sony did specs, say they man. would eventually specs. enable that remote play capability on Android phones, tablets, and I believe on Ooh. the iPad. I think they're going to extend it to the iPad eventually. Well, so yeah, they they've talked about that, that, and they've also they've also talked about like the ability to have it um, stream emulated PS3 games and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, that's their their backwards compatibility play is right. It can't do that yet. And then um, the other thing is, is like the remote play works pretty great when I'm right here in my apartment in there, and it's like a direct connection through my router rather than over the internet. Just out of idle curiosity, I did try it when I was in Reno, just on the hotel's Wi-Fi, because theoretically it's supposed to be able to do that, even though they don't. They, they basically, they don't promise you good results, but in principle, it's supposed to be able to work, but it said it couldn't find my uh, PS4 when I did it that way. So I don't know how about that. It may be that I didn't set something right, like you have to do it differently, but. Yeah. Firewalls is whatnot. Yeah. But I advocate people buy Vitas anyway, just because they're cool. There's lots of good games for them. <laughs> Yes, I'm just hoping you know, maybe get a couple of gift certificates. You know, go to Amazon and get one eventually. So that's that's what I'm going for. What do you want, Viv? I want no surprises as we go on travel this Christmas. I want just <laughs> even even if we're delayed, that's okay. Just as long as we get to where we need to be and then are there, then I'm happy. That's really all I'm praying for at this point. It's kind of hard to wrap. <sighs> I know. And of course, I'll be I'll be in your neck of the woods when you're out in California. Oh, or you, want, so. you 
suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it always happens. Yeah. yeah. Going to visit my brother after after Christmas, before New Year's. So that's when you're oh. out of the yep. state. So. Yep. Oh, well. But we're still hoping to have good enough um, internet connection to be able to um, do consumption on whatever dates that we pick. Since yeah, our normal date is like Christmas Day, and I'm guessing nobody mm. wants to, to hop online for that. Nah, nah. Yeah, yeah we'll probably. probably. We'll take those two weeks off, most likely. Aw, but I'll miss you guys. Well, I want to do one. Show. Let's do we'll one. We'll do a special show. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, Christmas we show. We can do the consumption holiday special. There you yeah, go. That's what we'll we do. Gotta we'll talk figure about, out a day for that. we got to talk about um, The Hobbit. Or is, are we going to be talking about that next week? Is everybody going to see that before we record it? I am again? probably not going to be able to see it until... Well, maybe then that'll Next be weekend, our special so. holiday show. Well, well, maybe the rest of us can see it, and then PG just has to plug his ears. Grumpy old man. No, oh. he has to see it. Oh, did you see Thor 2? I can't remember. I know I assigned it to you. No. <laughs> I watched Looper like two more times, maybe three if you count the time I fell asleep, and watched Rick <laughs> at least three times, and I cannot believe that you have not seen Thor 2, which was what our agreement was, Mr. Holyfield. I saw well, Brothers those, Bloom. Those were, those, <gasps> Christiana, those were you're my favorite um, person. Well, we did actually discuss that last time, but that's fine. I know, I know. <laughs> I just have to say it again, so give me an uh, opportunity uh, to say it again. Mm-hmm. I will see it as soon it is, as it is not expensive to go see at a theater. But. That's okay. It's not like we paid to see Brick or Looper or anything. It's okay. Well, just kidding. No, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, if you just don't want to take our, our culture consumption seriously. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Founder Podcast Sugar Daddy. <laughs> shame. His head is hung in shame. <laughs> I so, feel better. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> As you go um, cry into your pillow. Chooch, did you have any other topics? I'm changing the subject here. <laughs> <laughs> on your list that we did uh, not get jokes, to. Jokes, just jokes. <laughs> well, we, we bought a new game called Avalon, but we should probably actually talk about it after we mm. play it for the first yeah. time because so we haven't had a chance to play it. And it that requires a minimum of five players. So, uh, Well, a here's, a, here's an idea for a discussion is that uh, I've decided that when I go home for Christmas this year, I want to bring a couple of, of games for the family to play. But oh, cool. important to note, this will be a group of people who have never played anything other than the standard ones like Shoots and Ladders, Clue, Monopoly, etc. Right. So I want to introduce them to some better ones, but we have to understand that something like Arkham Horror is going to send them screaming from the yeah. room because it's just too complicated. Agreed, so, yeah. So what are some good choices for people What's like your- that? Apples to apples is one obvious choice. Age range? Um, no little kids. Um, but teenagers, um, teenagers and up, but with the with the caveat that some of them would not like things like Cards Against Humanity, for example. Oh no, no, and yeah. that's awkward. <laughs> I have yet to play it with a family member, and I hope never to do so. <laughs> other than my loving, wonderful husband, and mm-hmm. maybe his sister. Hmm, that could be dangerous fun. Um, but uh, I, I like. I think. Gloom is a decent card well, game. I think it's Gloom too is fan- 
to start it does give. Well, let me just say that the same thing that we were at where Chooch played Velociraptor Cannibalism, um, and we played the what's the penguin game, honey? Hey, that's my fish. Hey, that's my fish. That same one, um, we uh, I played Gloom with some friends of ours and their daughter, who I believe is about eleven, ten or eleven now, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a she seemed bored by it, even though it's got mm-hmm. a fun storytelling aspect to it. It was just kind of a slow starter, and I was, I, I meant to make a note of it because um, I was disappointed that that was the game, the only game that we had time to play together. Because if I if I had to pick one game, it would probably be Dixit, D-I-X-I-T, mm-hmm. also pronounced mm-hmm. Deceit, um, because it's just a, it's a, it's like the very, oh, was it the very first time we played it, Chooch? We played it with um, our oldest and his uh, then girlfriend. Mm-hmm. The first time we met our Mother's Day, I think it was. Right. And it was a really great game for like getting to know people and like to kind of see, because it's like a visual apples to apples, you kind of get to know them a little bit because you, it's the same kind of judging. And you know, like there's a, there's a, there's a judge every round or whatever, or a lead every round, I guess is what you say. And, and and that's the game I think that gets the most of a response from people. Pandemic is fantastic, but you're looking at at like a two-hour game. Yeah, I think it's cooperative. So much still because um, it's definitely you've got to be. We ready need to something that's going to still move along at a pretty yeah. good clip because Pandemic has that problem where it's very easy to spend half an hour talking about Planning. something before you do anything. Three moves and, away, exactly. Yeah, so something something that, uh, you know, stuff continues to happen. You don't have yeah. to have a lot of planning. There's yeah. a couple quick ones, and they're, you know, a bit older ones. Uh, Flux is pretty fast-moving. Flux, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Card game, and it's great because you only have to learn the original rules, which is basically pick a card, play a card. Um, mm-hmm. the, the rules are on the cards and the game changes as you play it. So every hand mm-hmm. can completely change the win conditions of the game. Um, so in that respect, it's very close to that. Uh, this hasn't been play tested at all, but that mm-hmm. game's harder to find, but it's very quick to play. Doesn't play need any explanation you can order on Amazon. Okay. Sorry. I thought, we- I thought it was harder to find. No, no, it's I. Um, it's on Amazon with, and there's also a. It the one we bought was the one that came with the co- the Chaos expansion, which mm-hmm. is the super powered cards. And then um, there's also another set to it that we haven't gotten yet. But if it's more of the same, then it's cool. Yeah. Fun. Um, for really fast play, Zombie Dice is excellent fun. Yeah. Um, you're just rolling dice. It's very simple to to pick up, and and it's you know it's so much that more unique than any other dice game. So yeah. that's a lot of fun. Um, Settlers of Catan is a great opener Ooh, game. Carcassonne. I prefer Carcassonne to Settlers of Catan any day of the week. You know, I do too. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, the I was gameplay say Carcassonne. of Carcassonne more. Yeah. Good point. That's probably the game that I play the most often when I'm bored on my tablet is the Carcassonne app mm. for my mm. tablet, my uh, Android tablet. And I've never played that one very that much. Cross, is that I wonder if that's a cross thing with iOS because I've got it on, on Oh, iOS. we should see. We should see if it's the yeah, same. I believe there are different implementations. The Android and iOS yeah. are different. Apple would do that. 
Um, <laughs> kidding. It could have been Android. Android, because they did Apple first. Yeah. Um, and Ticket to Ride is a really yeah, good... Yeah, but Android won't release it. Ticket to Ride, baby? Is a, is a good opening I have game. yet to play that game. It's hmm. a lot of fun. It's not crazy complicated, but it's very unique. And, and it, it's a pretty good bridge between old school board gaming and Euro yeah. gaming. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think almost every game that we've mentioned is now carried at Target because I just saw them today, Dixit and Zombie. Well, they were out of Zombie Dice, but they had Ticket to Ride and they had Pandemic and they had um, two different versions of Flux, two different Munchkin games, which Munchkin uh, is another great, yeah. Munch, depending mm-hmm. on like how much complexity you can you think they can handle like zombie dice you just start you roll the dice and then you count to 13 that's mm-hmm. pretty much it um and then uh, bananagrams is another one that's quick and fun i used to carry it in my purse like we carry play tests now for when we're stuck mm-hmm. somewhere um if i could fit the box of carcassonne in my purse i would <laughs> i would play it every chance on just a rollout board like jigsaw puzzle style because i just love that game the tiles are beautiful Dixit really, I mean, has been as far as getting to know people better because, like, we played it at Balticon last year, the first night. I think it was before you got there, though, Christiana. And it's just, it's neat to see where people go with the with the uh, images. What about for you, PG? What games do you think Christiana should you look at? You said all the ones. I was going to say Carcassonne and Munchkin. Yeah. Chooch, that... can you think of Munchkin's any Munchkin's great yeah. because you can just tell everybody don't get bogged down in the rules just play it and have fun and don't worry about mm-hmm. it and we're going to screw up and you know play so it more first, like it's go fish the first few rounds we just don't sweat the details just get yeah. the broad strokes mm-hmm. and it fills itself in yeah i would agree with that i'm trying to picture sure. our cards and the ones that everybody else wants us to, wants us to play all the time is cards against humanity mm-hmm. and so those kinds of games to me are more like social icebreaker games so it's apples yeah. to apples and um, apples to apples sour. I don't really remember that much about I don't really it. I like it that much. Yeah, we it's yeah we only played it one time that I can remember. That I can remember when I see the pictures. <laughs> um, trying to think um, if anybody else has. If you want a non a non uh, geeky game, uh, uh, Farkle. Mm. I played Farkle. Sparkle. It's sort of a combination of Yahtzee and actually zombie dice because it has a mechanic where you are rolling and you're building up points and then you either stop rolling or you you know take a chance and if you mm-hmm. farkle then you lose all the points you've made and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Similar to like zombie dice where it's press your luck yep. to score. I don't, I don't think I've played that honestly. Um, and we similarly the, named, but totally different, is Quirkle. Oh, that's a lot of fun. Which has these. <laughs> it's a fun tile game. Yeah. These wooden tiles with different colors and different symbols, and you can match them in different combinations. And so it's kind of like a uh, Othello or, you know, or kind of like a crossword or, a, you know, like Scrabble, but it's symbols and colors that match. Yeah, it's like, yeah, dominoes with shapes. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's a fun game. So did we fully answer your question, Christiana? Did we yes. give you some ideas? <laughs> okay. 
So I think that's all we had, unless anybody had any other things to throw out. It was Captain America Two that has Robert Redford in it. That's I can't remember if I remembered it during the show last week, but it's <laughs> that's very important that was, information. That was random. No, so, I just was looking over my notes from last time. I still have stuff from <laughs> Brothers Bloom. <laughs> I uh, played a couple of new quickie Android games. Actually, I guess one's a web-based game, but oh my it's an Android God. game. Which is also a little older. Um, Somebody's obsessed. Called 10 Million. I guess it's about a year. It came out in January. It's 8-bit graphics. And it's really addicting. <laughs> it has... <laughs> he plays nonstop. Well, I, I won it last night, so I haven't <gasps> gone back and played today. But the whole point of the game is to get 10 million points. And you do that. I'm going to find the green of it. A little screen grab. There we go. Luna is grumbling at me that she thinks it's bedtime. Uh (laughs) Tell her, hold on. Chuchi's almost done. (laughs) You have this little secret room in a dungeon that you're safe. And when you go into the dungeon, you need to get 10 million points in one single dungeon run. So you see your little guy running across the top of the screen in Uh, glorious fashion. And the whole main part (laughs) of the screen is like bejeweled you're connecting but what you're connecting are like swords to defeat a guy in front of you you're Mm. connecting shields to have better defense you're connecting a magic staff to cast spells you're connecting keys to unlock doors and chests Mm. and so what you do and, and there's also wood and stone these resources so when you go back to your little room you actually fix up rooms in the dungeon and they turn into training facilities so you slowly level up your character and each you get to new levels of the dungeon where the score multiplier goes up really high. And uh, so each subsequent dungeon run, you get more and more and more points. So, you know, it, it, when you run it through it the first couple of times, there's very, very little instruction. You don't know what the hell's going on. And I found that pretty disconcerting. And I'm like, I'm swiping and matching stuff, but I can't tell if it's affecting the guy up at the top or not. And I'm like, well, so does it matter? And then, and you just kind of slowly learn how it works. And so it's, you're like, okay, the whole point is to get 10 million points and your first couple of runs, you know, you're lucky to get 10,000 points. <laughs> you're like, this is going to take forever. But as you upgrade your armor and your weapons, and as you learn what, you know, what you're connecting and when to do it at the right times, it's useless to, to match up keys if you're not in front of a door. You just kind of threw away that possible match for later. So you get this strategy of figuring out when you're going to swipe things together. And it's a lot of fun. It's available on uh, Android, iOS, and you can play it on uh, on Steam. I think it's like five bucks cool. on Steam. It was nice. free on Android. I'm pretty sure it costs money on iOS. Mm. Very cool. I think we will call it a night. Uh, We will be back next week. And uh, if if people go see The Hobbit Part 2, we will talk about it. So uh, we'll see you next time on Consumption. Thanks, everybody, for joining us.
Thank you for listening to specficmedia.com presents Consumption. If you'd like to send feedback, questions, comments, suggestions, complaints, you can email us at consumption at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 704-981-1SFM. That's 704-981-1736. If you'd rather leave comments on our website, you can find posts for each show at specficmedia.com. This podcast is released under Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial share alike, 3.0 unported license. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it.